Today I have my first Portuguese guest, so that's fun. Today's guest is the co-founder of No Footprint Nomad. He created it with his partner, Sarah, and it's kind of a personal blog and project about promoting a low-impact nomadic lifestyle. He also co-founded Thriving Nomads, which is a community of nomad changemakers and entrepreneurs. The Thriving Nomads are having a summit at the beginning of April, so I'm going to tell you about that at the end of the episode. But in today's episode, we're going to talk about being a digital nomad, a little bit about veganism and traveling, and just how to make a positive impact on the community where you live. So welcome, Joao Mendez. I'm so excited to have you, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. You're listening to the Half Hippie Podcast with Tara Milo. I'm a half hippie, half princess, cat mom, city girl, introvert, and entrepreneur. I don't fit into a box, and you don't either, but I'm committed to making the world a better place through my lifestyle and my business. I love talking about sustainability because I know that you can make a positive difference without giving up the things you love. Here on the Half Hippie Podcast, we're talking about sustainability and entrepreneurship. We'll share stories about what makes us all half hippie and what our other half does to make a positive impact in the world. Let's go. I'm so curious, since you're my first Portuguese guest, what does the word hippie mean to you? Like, what do you think of when you think of hippies? Woodstock. Yeah, Woodstock. That's what my, I'm old enough to kind of think that way. I guess if it's a younger person today, probably don't think about that. Yeah. But I would think about Woodstock and those kind of looking and peace and love and drugs. Yes. Yeah. There was a revolution in 1974 to overthrow the dictatorship. Were those people considered hippies? Because in the US, it was very anti-war anti the man no definitely not freedom freedom looking freedom fighters but nothing to do with uh because because hippies i would say to be like very very liberal right very very uh open-minded no portugal is a conservative country always has been but also freedom right um so it was only a fight for for freedom from the ruling uh dictatorship so nothing to do with um, as far as I know, and I don't associate with it with hippies, they were like um, normal people or conservative people from, from the city. Right, right. Okay. Yes, that, that does not that romantic. Yeah. Okay. That's fascinating. Tell me about your work with No Footprint Nomads because I love that. There's a lot of guilt among people who like to travel, but I think traveling and learning and immersing ourselves in new cultures is very hippie, but traveling has a heavy footprint. So how did you guys reconcile that and all of that? Yeah. yeah that, that's, that's ultimate challenge. Um, you, when you travel, um, you already have a footprint, and and, and the main factor for for footprint is actually the, the trip itself, right? Is moving between places. So, uh, personally, say, and every time I, I I do a talk in any place, I always get that question. All right, so you are not with me, no man. So why do you travel, right? So I always get, and and and, and there's no like 
yay, you're completely wrong, this is why. No, in a way, people have that correct. Uh, I will be less impactful in terms of pure uh, carbon footprint if I was staying at my house all the time, for sure. Uh, but uh, my underlying thinking about this is that because you travel, because you learn, and because you inspire, hopefully, uh, your long-term footprint will be better. And also, if you also have some 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 steps that we're going to talk about that too, uh, to mitigate your impact. Like assuming that you try to mitigate as, your impact as much as possible, um, I I really I truly hope that in the long term our society will be better, even in terms of footprint, than just staying at home, not ex experimenting and learning. And of course, now internet kind of narrows the gap. Uh, but it's not it's not all. Uh, I, although I'm very pro digital, I still believe that human contact and touch and behavior, contact uh, close behavior is, is is more important. So, yeah, it's 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 a difficult balance, uh, and it's it's not one we're going to win in short term because yeah. flights and boats are terrible for the environment. But um, we are getting there. Yeah. What made you create this no footprint nomad? Like, what? Why do you care? So, for me and Sarah, the the, the project is 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 kind of our personal blog. Mm. So it represents who we are and the way we try to live our traveling life in a way. So it's okay. It's like putting out there what our efforts and trying to hopefully inspire others. Uh, to, to do some of it and to do other things because I need to really people to do everything we do, but uh, or even people that do more. Like we're not like the only reference that of, of traveling sustainably or as much sustainable as possible. So, but it, that the original motivation was that it was like a blog, a personal blog. Like you have your own diary, you have your own blog. That's how it started, uh, just to share. It, it's us, right? It's not like we are not doing anything that the market needs. We are. It's us. It's not good it's me and Sarah. It's it's our 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 life. Yeah. It's so half hippie to be like, this is what I love to do and I care about the planet. Yes. Right? And creating that balance. That yeah. that 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 was a major shift in my life. So I, I used to be an engineer. Uh, well, yeah, technically I'm still, but I used to be an engineer, logistics engineer. I used to work for big corporations, DHL and Sanyang. And, and and although you can still help good guys on those positions, most of the time you don't. Uh, yeah. So I work for McDonald's, for Mawar, for all those companies that don't need our help. They are doing well enough by themselves. So I decided at, 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 at the point in my life, especially in the middle of my, of my travels, and that's when I got like the, the moment of, uh, of um, epiphany in a way, was that I was only going to work something that I believe is, is doing good for our society so that I could wake up in the morning and be motivated to work because I was actually having a purpose. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's the best feeling ever when you are putting your effort, your sweat on something that you know it's doing good. Um, and, and, and that's why as a project like Swadi Nomads uh, grew also from, from that, uh, trying also to inspire others professionally to also do good while they travel around the world. How do you get them to do that? Do they do like projects or what? How how specifically do they make an impact? So, for example, Travi Nomads uh, Summit, as it is today, is an event. 
it's a conference where I, we don't do it ourselves. We bring the best people doing it. So we bring nomads giving back, for example, from Tarek in Bali, where he connects uh, nomads with the local NGOs. We bring Sean with Charity Makeover, where they do amazing hackathons with the digital nomads to help NGOs to set up their businesses. So we, we, we are trying to, to be a place where we bring all these options. So if you are a digital nomad, if you are a remote worker, and you ask the question, all right, so how can I help? Come to our event. We're going to have so many ways of doing it, even starting on business. We're trying to get people from Yunus, from Mohamed Yunus, the social entrepreneur, uh, well, the, 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 the Nobel Prize winner of, of creating the microcredit and social entrepreneurship to come to our event, to tell, also tell other people how to create your own social enterprise. So there's many ways how you can help. And in our event, we try to bring them all together so you can decide by yourself, not just one avenue, many. Right. Yeah. And that's something I remember about the beginning of COVID and the digital nomad community here in Lisbon were like the people came together and said, hey, we're all very techie. We're digital nomads. How can we use our skills to help Portugal and help Lisbon do better and thrive during COVID? And there were a lot of digital and online pro uh, projects to yes. help. Yeah, that was really beautiful to see that. We do have kind of, I, I, I like to call it superpowers. Mm -hmm. uh, and our superpower is even more super during COVID. Uh, no, it's just it's like anything everything is remote nowadays so if we were like if we were in an advantage before now we are like uh, like superheroes and in a way like like inspirement's movie like with great power comes great responsibility so i'm happy that, that that i've seen a lot of digital nomads and remote workers trying to give back to the society and compensate for that yeah do you see a lot of that where digital nomads don't just want to go and take pretty Instagram pictures of where they live, but they actually want to live where they are and make a difference in that area? Or is it a balance of a little bit of both where they're just there for the pretty pictures of Bali? Um, I, I think I live in a bubble. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I, I try to be connected with uh, great people and try to be inspired by what they are doing. So I see a lot of people doing good. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's definitely the majority. Uh, I think the, the nomads are not different from what our society is. So it's just a niche of a big society. And there's a lot of people that help and do amazing things in our society. Mm -hmm. But the majority of the population doesn't really care. Um, so I think the nomads are not different uh, in that, in that uh, demographic. Hmm. Uh, but I, I, but I'm happy to that I've seen a lot of people already doing good. So I just hope, hope that that grows and, and gets bigger and bigger. I hope that we are um, a good, a better representation from our society, which only the minority cares about the minorities. Yep. Okay. That's a good point that you're, you're in the bubble of the good nomads. <laughs> you probably don't see so many of the. We try to avoid the. The dispreoccupied, uh, I don't care, where is the next lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. Because it breaks my heart to see. I saw it the other day. Was it after New Year's or something? Some beaches in Bali were just covered in plastic water bottles. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, I know who did that. <laughs> you know, like it's people who don't live there did that. 
to those beaches. So yeah, we have we have more responsibility when you are in other people's places, and sometimes it could just just ruin it. Yeah, it's true. So what can we do as nomads to make a positive impact in the places that we live? So in terms of in terms of let, let, let me split in two. So first in terms of traveling itself. So if you are nomad and you move from place to place, right? Then you can think, uh, you have time to think and plan, right? That also helps you to mitigate your impact, right? Even traveling by plane, there's a there's a uh, an official rule of Tom that 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 says that above a thousand miles you should travel by plane. Uh-huh. Below a thousand miles you should travel by by land, uh, because because above a certain level, even traveling by land it will be too long and the impact will be too big and it's better to travel by plane. Yeah. So for example, when I was living in Chiang Mai, I used to go to Bangkok by plane wherever I was coming from Singapore or from Europe or wherever, and then from Bangkok to Chiang Mai I took a train. Um, because that, that will be close to the balance of, of trying to reduce the impact. So that, that, that's with traveling. Uh, and then, of course, trying to have a direct flight as much as possible and, and avoid moving around too, ma- too many times, right? I even know people that completely went to that extreme and they were digital now before and they said, no, no, it's just too much traveling. I'm just going to create, stay, create a base and stay put. Yep. So something, something between or something that makes you comfortable but thinking twice before booking a flight or, or moving every week to a different country, right? It's, I think that's where you definitely have more impact. And then on your daily life, uh, like you say, the plastics, of course, uh, and it's not easy, right? I remember I did a challenge in Vietnam. I tried to be a full week uh, there without using plastic, and it was very difficult, very difficult. Uh, not, not just food, people offered me stuff, and. Yeah. Uh, uh, plastic bottles. Uh, I remember when I was in the in the Airbnb, you know, it was in the hostel. Uh, they offered us water bottles for free, and I said, "Thank you very much," but uh, but I don't need, right? I have my. Uh, but it was difficult because you have to uh, refuse, but in a polite way, right? Otherwise, you'll think, "Oh, you're why wow, you think you're too good to have my water bottle or something, yeah, right?" Yeah, yeah. So it's important, but also delicate. So you need you need to be careful to do So I try to explain. How we try to avoid plastic, where I show them my bottle, filling up. They even have a filling water station there. They'll give me a water bottle, plastic water bottle. So I try to show them. I'm not sure they were 100% convinced, but I, I try my best. So that, so refusing is, is definitely a challenge uh, to do it. Uh, and then there was, I remember one day we were in a small island and it was difficult to find any food that was not in plastic. So I ended up having my breakfast. I think it was rather than but no it was banana thing i think it was just bananas I had for, my, for my breakfast because it was the only thing i could eat that was not because the challenge is not to have any plastics right to be, definitely was a challenge yeah it was, it was a full week like that and then the last day last minutes we failed because we bought some postcards normally you always send a postcard from our destination to my, my family it's a tradition the only thing i buy when i travel i don't have any other souvenirs i only buy postcards and send it to my family I've been doing this for, and, and it, it feels like a bet. My father said, I'll give you five euros. Very postcard is sending me. So Alice, remember to send me the postcard. <laughs> but not that five euros per postcard supports me, but it was just yeah. But on that last postcard, we bought it, and we're happy. And then when we got home, it was on a plastic sleeve. Like, oh. oh. <laughs> we completely missed that. So, yeah, it was a little failure at the end. 
even even when you pay all this attention, you see it's still difficult not to use plastic for everything, right? And, and in Asia, you, you feel more than everywhere. Um, a lot of people say that in Asia, it has to do a lot with um, with hygiene and, and a lot of diseases. So they kind of, in, uh, the countries and the governments implement a lot of plastic uh, to protect on it. And so it's like with plastic everything, which I think is understandable. But I hope, I think it's also the time for them to move from that while keeping the hygiene uh, covered. So it, it, it's a transition, I, I'm sure, but, uh, but, but understandable. Yeah, I don't necessarily feel like things are cleaner or better if they're wrapped in plastic, but I think that's just me. <laughs> Some local markets, you see like flies and things everywhere. Sure, sure. There are some conditions. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been to Asia, so I guess I can't speak to that specifically, but... Amazing. The street markets that I miss the most, they could sell anything there. Like they get, they got plants from their garden and their way to the market, they're probably going to sell it anyway. Which is amazing. You find exotic stuff everywhere. Yeah. But the time, especially more rural areas, the, the conditions that they are kept and they are really very unrecommended. Un, un yeah. But for most of us, we don't need to put our postcard in a plastic bag. No, no just put it in your purse. I, I even find that here. People try to give me bags and I'm like, no, no, it's okay. And they're like, no, but it's free. I know it's free, but I don't want it. <laughs> like I just. <laughs> you, you still have, when you go to, and I go to my, my I go to a, a organic biomarket in front of my house. Every Saturday I bring my bags. That yeah. market is kind of, they are more used to, but if you go to a normal market, the people just still smile at you and they bring your own bags, cotton bags, and they all look at you, oh, look at this crazy guy. It's still, it's part of the, part of the experience. Yeah, right? it's true. I do that too. I bring my cotton bags to the market and there's one, like, you know, they sell the blueberries or the raspberries in a plastic container. So sometimes I, I just stack them up in my kitchen and I bring them back. And the guy's probably like, just put this in your recycle bin. But I bring it back to him <laughs> specifically. Uh, I love that because recycling is the last step. I right? do not the first step. So yeah, reuse is much, much better. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? If you have your cotton bags, one, once it's possible to go out and go to, uh, to the movies, Try to bring it and use it for your popcorn. It's amazing how, 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 how they'll be laughing at you, but you'll be like, why are you using a, a carton box for an hour and a half, right? And then throw it away. Yeah. So use your, bring your own bag and it's going to be lots of fun. You're like next level. I love it. I like making people laugh. It's fine that he laughs at me that I bring all the plastic back to him because I made somebody laugh and that makes and me They'll happy. remember. They'll remember. They'll think, oh, he's crazy. No, he's not crazy. He's doing that for a purpose. And think, oh, yeah, why not? Never think about that. Yep. Yeah. I do hope he reuses it. Yeah, that's my intention. Some places in, in Thailand, they were doing that. Uh, even the Starbucks, was, uh, is it Starbucks? Costa Cafe was doing that. So if you brought your own uh, cup or straw, uh, they'll, make a, they'll give you a discount. That's nice. I like that. Very, very useful and powerful motivation to be able to remember to be that they'll spend 50 cents out every day. Yeah, I think that's worth it. Yeah, of course. So what do you try to encourage nomads to do when they're traveling to reduce their footprint when they're on the ground? Oh, so yes, and I forgot the second part of my suggestion, which was to help the local 
institutions, right? But let me let me answer your question. So yeah, so so think things that you can do, even the places where you, where you stay. Um, so if it's possible, I tried that before, and that depends how much you are into recycling or composting, for example. But I remember when I stayed in Malaysia, uh, we found a house that had a garden and they were doing composting. So what we did, we cooked at home a lot of times and we didn't have to put our waste away, we just uh, grab it and put it and give it to them in the garden so they could compost out. So if you find places that are already um, more green oriented, then and you can find them on Airbnb, yeah. you can find uh, those kind of houses, it's very easy. And, and there are a couple of other platforms uh, that, that in some locations might help to find it, like Fair, um, Fair BNB, which is a competition, a competitor to Airbnb, but it's more, mostly in Italy for now, Fair BNB. So yeah, so try to look for those places that are a bit better. Try to look for a house instead of apartments if you stay for a longer period. And then if you are really crazy, try to, to grow your own food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I was looking at Airbnb the other day at those eco places to stay. And there are so many around here. Yeah, it's like a real niche thing, but it's it's popping up. Yes. Yeah, Maybe just for a little break. May not be cheaper, but well, it, might, it depends on what it matter for you. But it's such a different experience. I think it's worth it just to get away and do something different and yeah i hope so yeah but you know how it is in portugal like one of them had you know like rolling hills around it and there was a bathtub outside and i was like i really need to stay here and take a bath outside because there's no one around like why not oh it was so cool so that one is stuck in the back of my mind for one of these days i'm gonna get get out there <laughs> sure and, and they need definitely the, the, the hotels and everyone needs us to go out of our homes and, and do something out as soon as possible and, and safe of course that's true where's your, the next place you want to go actually uh it, well I'm, I'm going to madeira island um to join and to be i'm going to organize an event from there uh, a future of work event uh, together with Gonzalo, because of the Madeira Island uh, Digital Nomads project. So there's a partnership with the Gonzalo Wall, my partner in events, and uh, with Madeira government. So they are uh, this nomad village being on the news, and they're like 5,000 people already subscribed, and like 100 nomads already there. So it's getting a little bit crazy. And I'm going to join them in May and, um, and do one of our new events project called the Nomad World. The Nomad World Summit. So we're just going to try to create a big event where all digital nomads in the world can gather digitally. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be in May. And then later in September, I'm probably going to move my base to uh, Gran Canaria, to, to Las Palmas, uh, to maybe set up a, a base from there. So that's going to be, and, and stay for long longer. I, I normally stay in every place that I've been and I've lived, I stayed an average of two, two and a half years. So I'm a very slow nomad. Very yeah. slow. So I, I probably set up a base there and then stay for some years. Nice. That's good. Yeah, technically I'm not a nomad because I just moved here, but I still fit into the yeah, nomad 
very it's a very difficult it's very difficult to 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 define yeah. but i feel that if you are here now as a base but you you think you in, your, in yourself you, you think that it's not going to be your last place you're going to move somewhere else in the future even if it's take five or ten years then you are nomad at heart Yes, it's true. Yeah, I'm a nomad at heart. And I can work from anywhere. Like I can go visit my friend in Prague and bring my computer and work from there. What you know, yeah. Yes, exactly. Location independent. What's something that you do in your life that is totally not hippie or something that you wish you were doing better? Oh, that's a tough question. Criticizing myself. I know. Buying less technology, yes. For me, what I try to do is I, I, I buy stuff. Normally I buy secondhand, I try to buy secondhand, uh, but what, I'm, what, I, what I struggle is to let go of other things. It's more like, okay, I need to get this, but then I don't need this anymore. That's, that's the step I struggle. And I, and I should do more, I definitely should do more. I, I need to work on that letting go stuff. Although I, I travel and I, I, I travel with only one suitcase, all that stuff. But I always feel that I'm, the place that I'm moving, I get stuff. And that's one of the recommendations I give to people when they want to be nomads, I want to have less impact. Oh, yes. When you move to places, one, try not it? to buy new stuff. Go. There's a lot of, especially if it's a nomad location, a lot of nomads are leaving, selling their stuff or giving away their stuff. So try to use that opportunity um, I am, uh, instead of just buying, buying and buying new stuff when you move in. Because when you move into places, you tend to buy stuff, right? So the, yes. the temptation you need to resist. Yes. Okay, good. That's a good one. Technology is so hard, especially for us nomads, because we need the best equipment to do our job. So it's tempting to buy new. Yeah. And then what do you do? I don't know. I, I, I'm at the point where I need a new phone and I bought my phone refurbished, but it has a cloudy spot on the camera and the battery lasts like two hours. So... Oh it's time for a new phone for me, but like this phone, no one wants this phone. So I can't give this to someone. What? Yeah. What do I do with this? Maybe some secondhand shops, they, with the change of a battery, they still be a sellable product. Um, yeah. They'd have to fix the camera though. That camera sucks. <laughs> the on the camera. Well, that's a bit harder to fix. Yeah, if, if you really use the product, then it, then it is used, right? It's not used anymore, that, and then, then, it's, then it goes to recycling, right? There's a lot of recycled materials in, in, in phones. Uh, Apple yeah. a lot of work with that, trying to, if you give them back to an Apple shop, they, they even have a nice video of a machine dissecting the iPhone and, and, and recycling and reusing 70, 80% of it. So, that, so that, that's, already, that's already happening. And with other phones too. Not 100%, but some. So it's not the end of the day. Just, just not, try not to leave it on your desk forever. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. That makes me feel better about getting a new phone. Phones are such an easy thing to buy refurbished. So yeah. more and more. Yeah, it's definitely a strong market now. That, that, that's good. That's good to know. Yep. The computer, I think is worth investing and in getting a new one and using it for 10 years or however long you can use it. But the, the phone, I think. Yeah. So what, I, what, I, what I do with computers, I, I, I try to get the strongest possible. So it lasts for longest possible. So my last computer, Mac, will last for eight years. And even at the end, it was going strong. The only thing I had to do is because I broke the, the, the display and it was 
500, 600 euros to fix them. I said, right, so it's eight years computer. It's a for pieces, right? But uh, otherwise, yeah, it was a very powerful computer and it lasts for six, seven, eight years. Yeah, that's the way to do it is invest, buy good things and use them until they're they're done. Uh, what's something that frustrates you about the sustainability movement? Within, within the bubble. The bubble, within the bubble, yes. I think it's the comparison. So technically, we are all working for the same, uh, all going in the same direction. And there's still some competition. I do this, you don't do. And, and like, if I'm doing my best, everyone is doing their best. So I, I don't, don't like criticizing some people that are doing less than me, but they are still trying to do same something. Um, and I do see a lot uh, um, of, especially the strongest activists, I think a lot of them suffer of that syndrome, trying to think that they are the reference in a way, and everything, every, anyone that's doing less is, is not helping, which I think that's wrong. I think everyone that puts any, any effort is helping, and then maybe now they're doing this, maybe tomorrow they do the double. It's, it's, it's how it is, right? You're not like a super hyper activist on the first day, right? You. You grow, you learn, you understand, you meet other people. And I think that's a lot of steps that people need to do. And, and I don't like when I see others like looking at each other, like, let's focus on the others are not doing anything. Those are the ones that we need to uh, focus on effort and try to inspire. Again, not criticize too much and inspire. I don't believe in, in, in criticizing is going to help you anything. I believe in showing, giving an example, trying to be positive, constructive and being patient, right? The same yeah. would happen um, even when I was, uh, even for example, in terms of, uh, I give example always with my parents, because when I was traveling and then I became vegetarian and I wanted to come home and, and change my parents' life and doing this and that all the time. And of course they resisted, right? Because I was here for a couple of weeks, having all these ideas. When I left, they went back to their usual ways, right? As, 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 as of course. <laughs> Looking back, as expected, uh, yeah. what I started to do was like I was not. I stopped pushing anything. I was here for a while, a little bit longer, and I did my things, and they absorbed some of the things. Right? They they saw it. They saw the benefits. They they use some some things they don't. They don't do it. Other things they do, but it works much better than just pushing uh, things to other people. Right? So I th I think that uh, what the people that live in our bubble. Um, uh, is, is too aggressive, is too criticizing, too showing this is the best way. I don't think so. I definitely don't think so. Yeah, I love that answer. And you're so compassionate when you're on the ground in a place to not be judgmental of someone who's offering you something that's against your values still. Like that's that's hard to do, but we have to stick to our values, but also be respectful. So yeah, it it it, it, yeah. it has to do. And again, everyone is different, right? Like I said, so I, so I'm, for example, I'm vegan, and there was the other day there was a, a friend of mine, so the girlfriend of a, one of my longest friends ever, a girlfriend who was going to give him um, a surprise party and a surprise gift, and the gift was a barbecue, because <laughs> uh, he's a great meat lover, and. I was like torn, like, what should I do, right? Uh, should I give money uh, to make my friend happy? Although I'm kind of going completely against my values, which is helping animals being killed. Or being yes. So at the end, I decided not to help. And I explained to her, I said, I'm happy to give money to him. Um, and I'll do this and, and I'll prefer that. But I, I, I wouldn't like 
feel good to myself helping out buying that that product. Uh, but again, that was my, and it was a difficult decision. It was like, it was not a clear decision for me. Yeah. Everyone is their own boundaries and reaction. And I think we just need to respect. Yeah, exactly. I think people appreciate when we're honest with them and say, this is a hard decision for me, but I can't do it. Like, I, I think that it's, it's good. Be direct, explain, and then hopefully the person understands most of the times. Yeah. If they don't, then maybe one day they'll do. Yeah, exactly. Good. I like that answer. Um, are you optimistic about the future of climate change? Because you're traveling all over. You're seeing a lot more than some of us. What do you see in the world? And I suffer of the disease of eternal optimism. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and I always have a plan B. We're, always, we're already trying to get to other planets, right? So it doesn't work out. <laughs> so even that is an optimistic view, right? So that's why what Musk is doing. Come on, Alan, just hurry up. So in case we definitely mess up here. But uh, I don't think we're going to need that. I think that we are going to make things right eventually. Um, but um, it depends how long time we're talking about. I'm talking about a billion years, we're talking about 300, 300 500 years. Yeah. I think that we are transitioning to a, a green economy in terms of energy, which will have a big impact, mm -hmm. not because a lot of people are interested about the, 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 the planet, but because it's just economically better for them. Uh, yeah. because renewable energy is much more affordable than the standard ways of producing energy. The same with animal. Uh, you can see McDonald's now parting beyond meat who in 100 years going to look back and say, how did they, those guys made money raising animals? That's a waste of time and money and, 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 and materials. So I think economics are helping us out, uh, transitioning to a, to a more sustainable world. Plastic's going to be so-and-so, that's going to go a little bit harder. But um, so I think, I think, and I think more and more people are going to bring in this to the top of the agenda. So I'm optimistic about our, our planet and our climate, yes. I think we're going to make it through. Otherwise, I'll be probably exploring Mars anyway. Just, just I, I already bought the website called uh, Space Nomads. Oh my gosh! <laughs> because I, I love to be a digital nomad on Earth, but I love to be like Star Trek, being a, a, a real a real space nomad. That's my favorite ever. Star Trek. I'm a, definitely a Trekkie. Okay, good. Or basically space nomads. They were the ones. That is very optimistic. Yes, I told you. That's, that's incredible. Good. Okay. Um, oh, tell us about the summit. Oh, the Travel Nomad Summit. Yes. yes. So that's that's another passion. So I have two main passions uh, in my life that, that, I, that I thrive every day awake. One is to make this world more nomad, more borderless more um, people travel more and see more and, and really see our planet and our society as a university, right? When you go and learn and travel and, and see the things and, and come back home eventually uh, with a different view of our side, whatever home is and home can change, of course, many times. So, so that's one of them. And the second one, of course, as, you, as everyone has noticed, sustainability, right? Yeah. So your positive impact. So Thriving Nomads is a combination of the merge of those two worlds so trying to bring this sustainability passion and, and purpose-driven businesses and life together with this digital nomads movement, right? So it's like the, the, the intersection. So Thriving Nomads Summit is a, is a place, is an event 
where you're going to see digital numbers already doing good, where you're going to try to bring your ideas, how can you as a remote a worker, uh, location-dependent person, uh, have a positive impact in our society. And it can be by helping local NGOs, it can be by starting your own business, solving a social issue. It can be many ways making money at the same time. So we're not talking about uh, charity here, yeah. we're talking about making money, profit, but at the same time, helping the world. That's awesome. Why do you think it's important for people to travel and live in different places? I think it's all about perspective, right? So one thing that I noticed, and because I was lucky enough to live in different continents uh, with very, very different cultures from Latin America uh, to Europe and to Asia, right? And, and it's very interesting when you see a lot of situations which for you would be crazy and not understand why they happen. And then you are living there with the people and you understand because it's natural even for you. And I, and, and I felt many times this happening. So this, when I come back and when I discuss with people that have traveled so much and they criticize or they refer those kind of attitudes, now I look at them and, and I am able to explain why they think like that. Not because they are crazy, not because they're just different, because they were uh, influenced by different external factors, right? Yeah. Uh, or here, they, if they were to switch places, they would behave the same way. So for me, the, 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 the key to tolerance and, and to respect others and to live in community is to see both ways, right? both sides. And I think travel is the only tool to do that. There's, there's no way around it. There's no digital connections. There's no books. It's actually being there and meeting face to face to people that are experiencing things that you never thought before. Yep, exactly. You know what? It was the word borderless you said that I was like, yes, borderless. Borders make no sense to yes. me. <laughs> like, and I said I was a Trekkie fan, right? So for me, that's how I see the future. Like the, pl the planet is just one piece of land and of society. And then we'll be, I'll be earthling uh, with Portuguese uh, descent, something like history or something. Uh, but then we'll be all together from the same society and same community with different differences, the culture differences still uh, existing, but not borders, not like I'm not able to cross to this place. Why not? It's still land, it's still the planet. Yeah. I, I, I don't see a reason for that in the future. Yeah, I don't either. Animals don't understand borders. They don't. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. There are so, so many borders that are so badly done, like in terms of breaking out um, religions or, or different sects, it's just, it's just even even if you even if you um, if you thought okay borders are needed, some of them are definitely wrong. So just take them out all, all <laughs> completely. <laughs> there are no issues in terms of separating people or families. Whoever wants to be together, will be together. If you don't want to be together, go somewhere else. Right? Ah, yeah. And that's only possible when the resources are not that relevant. Exactly. Like oil resources or diamonds or iron. So we need to get over that. And that's where Star Trek also comes. There's, there's, already, there's already so many abundancy and, that, and then the, our resources are not dependent on the so many physical resources. When that happens, people won't care about where they are located, right? So why do people live in, in, in Middle East, for example, in the desert, right? When you are able to travel around the world if there's no oil there, 
there's no reason to be there so many people right it's just going uh, why why live in ice when you can live in a more tropical place right just move wherever you want to move yeah well i have a friend who keeps moving further and further north she mm-hmm. loves to be cold and i'm like we need I do not get it, but she loves it. So <laughs> we, we need them so we can live only a tropical country, right? And, uh, we, feel the crowd. we need those cold loving people. Thanks, thanks to them so they can populate other parts of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I am not going there, but she go for it. <laughs> Good luck. I'll visit you in Christmas. No, Lisbon is as cold as I want to be. And sometimes it gets cold here. That's <laughs> for me already. So that's why I'm moving to Tenerife, to, to Las Palmas. Well, I think that's all I have for you. Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> how, how hippie are you today? Well, today I'm very hippie. Yeah, not today. Today is an abstract. Not today, today. Today in my life. I'm maybe 70, 80%. Oh. Yeah, I think so. I walk everywhere, and if I don't walk, I take my bike that I bought at, like, used, my used bike. I do have to buy a new phone, so that's dragging me down a little bit. I'll definitely wear shoes, always. I'm not a barefoot hippie. (laughs) That's that's a 90%. (laughs) Exactly. I am not a barefoot hippie. Um, Yeah, pretty... Pretty hippie. So today specifically, though, I am going to walk down maybe a half hour walk to meet a farmer and get produce from this farmer and walk back to my apartment. Yeah. So, so, so one last question. So how easy it is to be hippie in Lisbon? 100% easy. All right. It's so easy. Yeah. Easier than it was in the U.S. I eat so well as a vegan in Lisbon. It's incredible. It's hard to leave the city, but yeah, Lisbon is very, very hippie. It's good to know, right? Listeners, see where's the best place to be if you are hippie in Europe. <laughs> yes, but we don't want any more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're going to start a very, yeah. So one of the objectives uh, uh, just sharing, the, the, moving to Las Palmas and really starting on much summit is eventually to do a Thriving Nomads conference there, an in-person conference, and try to get as much people uh, that are interested in these topics also to live there. So we, so because the thing is, there's so many digital nomads in the world, there are many, many hotspots, right? And if you go to normalist.com, you can rank them and see which ones are these and that. And there's a lot of filters there, but there's no filter for impact or purpose or something like the, the people that are social enterprises, right? So I hope that there's in the future there is a way to find where most of the nomads that have these interests are living together because working together, co-working together, we also can make a, a bigger impact. So I hope to, to make um, Las Palmas an interesting, a big destination for impact nomads. This is an old idea, but I bet a lot of our listeners think of this, like how good is the internet really on an island? Well, and how? Well, it depends where you're located, right? So the so the cables that come from the US, Portugal, for example, is super well located. It was one of the first countries in Europe to have fibers and everything because it, the cable, most of the internet dri- uh, travels through 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 Ocean, um, oceanic cables. So Portugal got the, those cables uh, first, like in the 90s. Uh, but now, for example, some islands like uh, Tenerife has fiber, 
so it's also connected Cape Verde for example south it's getting there but still not doesn't have the the main connections so it depends uh, on location some islands are really have very good internet uh, like the, like the, the Canary Islands, Madeira also has a very good internet because the cable comes right away from the US and Azores also. So I think I think that's not an issue anymore. And and eventually when uh, Musk and and uh, all the others that are building the satellite internet, that's also probably going to solve the problem. So I, I think in the maybe in twenty years that won't be an issue for for you can travel and be a nomad on top of the mountain and still like. A connection to make an online summit. So I'm, 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 I'm very optimistic about that. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just my brain can't figure out how you get internet on an island uh, because I'm thinking of, you know, cables. the beginning of the internet. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's uh, ocean cables. So, for example, <laughs> when I was in Vietnam, uh, there was always a there is, there is an issue sometimes the, the sharks they eat the cables and the internet kind of yeah, yeah that's that happens a lot in Vietnam uh, so the cables uh, enough for something uh, I kind of love that sharks are eating the internet cables <laughs> the internet goes down oh there was another shark <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible <laughs> but I'm always rooting for the sharks so <laughs> all right awesome thank you so much for joining me this was really cool it was fun you have a lot of good insight thank you well that was fantastic what a great conversation i love his passion for the environment and for getting involved in the community and making the world a better place and he had tons of tips for us about little things we can do to reduce our impact so that was fantastic definitely check out Thriving Nomads and the Thriving Nomads Summit. You can find it at summit.thrivingnomads.com. And our Half Hippie listeners get 50% off. So the summit is actually free, but if you want to upgrade and get an all-access pass and replays and perks, you can get half off using the code HALFHIPPIE. So definitely check that out. It's going to be amazing. It's all about the community and how to be a digital nomad while also making a positive impact on the places where you live. So I want to give a big thanks to Joao for being here with us and sharing his wisdom and his passion with us. That was so fun. Such a great conversation. And thank you for listening too. Also, check us out on Instagram at Half Hippie Podcast. I'll post stories and links and quotes and all kinds of fun stuff throughout the week about being a digital nomad and different ways that you can travel and work as a nomad while reducing your impact on the planet and making a positive difference. So check us out there on Instagram. And if you liked this, please subscribe to Half Hippie wherever you're listening to your podcast. That helps me out a lot and lets me know that you like the work. Thank you so much for being here and I'll catch you next time.